throughout Jesus' three and a half years of earthly ministry, multitudes would gather. Multitudes would come to wherever he was at. The Bible tells us the crowds were so big they filled every place. Thousands would stand for days on end to hear him speak. They understood there is something about being in the presence of God. They understood regardless of what we had to go through to get here. Being in his presence changes everything. I don't know what kind of week you've had. I don't know what the last few days have been. But just walking into his presence lets us all know he's bigger, he's greater, he's stronger, and the rest of the week's going to be all right. But you know, there's something about being in his presence. But then there's a whole different reality. When you decide, you know what, I, I'm thankful to be in his presence, but I want to push through the crowd, push through the issues, and I want to touch him. Or I want to be touched by him. I don't want to just be in his presence. I want to be touched by the master's hand. On this Wednesday night, I am thankful for what I feel, but I want to be touched by the God of glory. What an awesome God we serve. So good to be again here tonight. Thankful for his presence. Thankful for his anointing for his favor, for his blessings. And regardless of the situation, regardless of the prayer that you've been praying, we have a God who can make all things possible. Amen. In fact, in the book of Mark, the ninth chapter, we find Jesus is talking to a father whose son has been possessed since he was a child. And the story tells us that it was seemingly an impossible situation where the devil honestly just refused to come out. They couldn't get the devils out of him. But Jesus is talking to this daddy, and he said unto him, If thou canst believe. I know this is a lifelong and impossible situation you've been dealing with, but in spite of all you've gone through and in spite of all you've endured, if you can just believe, he says in the 23rd verse of the ninth chapter, all things are possible to him that believeth. It's an impossible scenario that has history of despair. And Jesus tells him very simply, if you can just believe, 
all things are possible to him that believes. I want to talk to us tonight for just a few moments upon this subject, if it had a subject title, The Power of Possible. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, The Power of Possible. God bless you for standing. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Again, such an honor to be here. Give great honor to Brother and Sister Chance and Mama Chance and this entire worship team. And I'm just going to tell you, we had a great time Sunday, but I was flat wore out. <laughs> but it was awesome. It was a great, great, great time. But tonight, I just feel to talk to us about a revelation, possibly, of understanding that with God, all things are possible. And that's not going to get real deep. You're going to very easily understand what I'm talking about tonight. I'm not here to bore you. I'm not here to do anything except tell you what I feel God wants us to hear in this hour that we're living in. Growing up as a child, my dad would oftentimes, many times, take me with him when he would go flying. And all those childhood moments and memories of being up in the airplane, it created in me a lifelong fascination with flying. And I found that there are basically two schools of thought when pilots fly planes, and and I'll, I'll hurry through this, but they fly either by what's called IFR or VFR. IFR stands for instrument flight rules, and VFR stands for visual flight rules. Every pilot, simply put, is always flying by one or the other. And VFR is fine as long as everything's great around you. VFR is perfectly wonderful as long as you've got good weather, clear skies, and not a lot of air traffic. But the, the reality is, if you fly long enough, you're going to come up upon a situation where the weather turns like that. Or you're going to come upon a scenario where out of nowhere air traffic just comes into your pathway. In fact, I read uh, a few weeks ago that it was at O'Hare uh, Airport in Chicago that there was a near miss, mere uh, yards from the runway because they just didn't realize one another was so close. So invariably, if you're flying by VFR, you're going to come up on a time when you can't see the way you need to see or the situation's not going to be ideal. And it's in those moments that you're going to have to call the control tower and tell them, I need to switch over to IFR. And then you submit to the plane's computer. Can I tell you, all airlines fly IFR. All professionals fly IFR. But a lot of amateurs fly VFR. 
And the FAA says that the majority of small plane crashes could have been prevented if the person in the cockpit had simply picked up the microphone and said, hey, I need help. Can I tell you it's the same in living for God? We can make it as long as the weather's good and the enemy's forgotten our address. And there's going to come days, weeks even, when you're just floating on clouds of glory and everything's copostatically perfect. But the reality is there's going to come times that it's going to turn dark, the weather's going to change in a moment, and you're going to wonder where did the sunshine go? Where did the warm weather go? And it's in those moments when you can't see what you need to see to get where you need to go that you need to know, hey, I've got somebody I can call. And his name is Jesus. And he said, hey, I'm as close as the mention of my name. Lord, I was doing all right, but here I am on Wednesday. I need an answer. I found out that it's through the power of aeronautics that a multi-ton airplane can fly like a bird. Now, that might not uh, be something you think about, but if if you fly a little bit, eventually you're going to start thinking, my Lord, this thing weighs multiple tons, and I'm supposed to just sit back and drink a Diet Coke? While it's streaking through the air at five, six, seven hundred miles an hour. But the, the, uh, the, the power of aeronautics, they deal with the, 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 the power of movement and motion that creates the ability of flight. In fact, let me, let me say it like this the aeronautical theory of flight has determined that flight is made possible by a careful balance of four principles or four forces, if you would, lift, drag, weight, and thrust. And they've determined that when these principles are in alignment, then and only then is flight possible. Basically, the working theory is this. If you can create enough power, then you can theoretically move any weight. Put enough juice behind that thing, and it's going to move. Now, let me just ask you this question. Has anybody in here ever been in a situation where you overthought something? You just, you overthought it for a minute. Well... I was sitting in an airport not too long ago, and I have flown many, many times. I, I, you know, I fly often, but I mean, I'm so comfortable flying that that many times, and it makes my wife mad because she is not like this. But I have fallen asleep before we took off, and she's over there like, if I can't sleep, you ain't either. And then I, I've, I've, woke, I've, I've, I've wakened when uh, the, the, the wheels hit the, hit the runway when we land. But 
Not too long ago, I was in an airplane, sitting on a runway, totally comfortable, with no issue, no real problem, no reason to think there was going to be a problem. I prayed already. You know, I pray every time I get on an airplane. It's just smart business. I need somebody greater than the dudes in that plane flying that to watch over that. I wasn't going to say this, but if it's okay, I don't want to offend nobody. But I was in an airplane not too long ago, and I hadn't, I hadn't even hardly sat down and got my seatbelt on. The lady beside me, she was in trouble. Panic City was right there. And she began to talk. She said, have you ever flown before? I said, yes, ma'am, I have. And you could tell in her voice that she was a little stressed. And so I was speaking very calm, very nice. I said, yes, ma'am, I've flown. In fact, I've flown this airline many times. Everything's going to be just fine. Oh, I'm glad that you're sitting right beside me. But I need a drink. That's what she said. And then she asked me, she said, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I'm a minister. I thought she was going to shout the victory right there. She said, oh, thank God. She said, it's the will of God you're sitting beside me. I said, oh, okay, yes, ma'am. She said, here's the plan. I said, what's the plan? She said, I'm going to drink and you're going to pray. And together we're going to make it. But I was sitting on this airplane. Everything's fine. The weather's fine. And I begin to think about how many tons the plane alone must weigh that I'm sitting on. And then I began to survey the crowd thinking, okay, now add how much weight is sitting in each seat. Can I just tell you tonight, I don't care how calm, cool, and collected you may be, it's not that difficult to talk yourself into a panic attack. I mean, think about it. How much speed it takes to launch that much weight, it must be astounding. And then, while that alone is awesome, but can you then begin to imagine how in the world are the brakes going to slow down that much weight, going that fast to a slow descent and land like you're just landing on marshmallows? Even if you fly almost weekly, it is not difficult to talk yourself into a spirit of worry and stress if you sit there and dwell on any and all possibilities that could arise. We must understand, in, in spite of how much God you have, it is easy to walk through this life and see issues and see situations and see problems and begin to think, how am I going to make it? How is it going to work out? How are we going to exist? It's easy. To talk yourself into a state of spiritual fear and doubt and worry. And I believe that is why the Lord 
was, was in, in our text speaking to the child's father. I know you've had a lifetime to dwell on your son's pain, to dwell on your son's issues and the problems that it's caused your entire family. But if I can just get you, sir, to simply believe. I, I know that sounds easy, but this is Jesus talking. This wasn't some other dude. This was Jesus. Jesus is telling him, hey, man, if I can just get you to simply believe, don't overthink it, just believe, then I want you to hear me as he said, all things are possible to him that believeth. God is wanting us to realize tonight, no matter what we see, no matter even if we feel overwhelmed, God is saying, if you can just believe, all things are possible. Did you know that the school of aeronautical studies teaches with their four principles of flight and all of their knowledge and wisdom of aerodynamics. Did, did, did you know this blew my mind? Now, I'm, you know, it don't take much for my mind to get blown, but, I mean, it just blew my mind when I found this out. With all of their knowledge and all of their principles of flight and their wisdom of aerodynamics and aeronautics, they've come up with the idea and the theory that the bumblebee is just not built correctly in order to fly. They wrote an entire article about it. Of all the stupid things to write an article about. Sorry, it's not built right, therefore it can't fly. Somebody forgot to tell the bee. I mean, they declared in this article that according to the bumblebee's proportion to wing size and body size, the bee's body is not supposed to be able to fly. Simply put, the bumblebee is just too short and too fat. And the wings are stubby and not long enough to support flight, according to all their knowledge. My God, we'd all be in trouble live by their rules but here's the deal in spite of what the law of motion and the school of aeronautics dictates and determines in spite of what science looks at and declares that's an impossibility God made the bumblebee and God told Mr. Bumblebee hey man go fly and can I tell you it has flown ever since. We have honey because the bumblebee can fly. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the bumblebee, he can't understand human language? I mean, honestly, think about it. Because if, if that bumblebee could understand human language, we would be telling the bumblebee, hey, hey, man, I'm sorry, Mr. Bumblebee, but uh, you're going to have to stop flying. You're grounded. We believe you're just too fat to fly. The reality is 
there is no room for logic. And there is no room for human reasoning in the kingdom of God. If we live by logic and reason, then none of us would be here tonight. If we live by logic and reason, there would have never been a Daniel walking out of the lion's den. If we live by human reason and logic, there would have never been the Hebrew boys with a testimony. The Lord came to the place where we were on fire. The reality is, we'd have to tell David, hey, I know you're anointed, Dave, but you don't have a sword. You're not trained in hand-to-hand combat. In fact, you just need to go home because you can't fight the giant. Can I tell you tonight, too often we base our faith upon our own human ability and reasoning. We base what God is able to do When God said, hey, if you just believe, then all things are possible to him that believeth. But we want to complicate it. Well, it's just not possible for the bumblebee to fly because I read it in an article. Honey, I got news for you. The devil is a liar. And he's going to try his best to trip you up, to confuse you every step of the way. In fact, I told him before service started, we were just kind of chatting. I said, isn't it funny that, you know, too often we we try and complicate things. And God just says, hey, if you believe, I'm not making this up. It's in the Bible. I mean, don't, don't blame me. Blame him. He wrote it. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All the bumblebee would have to do is look up. Because did you know that if you get a bumblebee, now you you can try this. If you get your hands on a bumblebee, get a glass or a jar with no lid and put that bumblebee in that cup. It will walk And it will crawl around at the bottom of that glass until it dies. Never realizing I could just fly out of here. Never understanding, hey, there's the way out. But as I already said, he spends his time looking down. All he would have had to do was look up and easily fly out the top. But no, it it, it would die trapped looking down to the bottom for an escape. How many times have we overcomplicated something and we've not allowed the power of God to just sweep into our circumstance and do the impossible? Well, this has got to happen, and that's got to happen, then that's got to happen. And then if you move that, divide it by that, multiply it by that, and then you come out with this equation.
I'm already confused. No, if you just believe and speak faith, you release God to do the miraculous. You see, the bumblebee has an escape. Just fly out. But it makes its decisions based upon what it sees and upon its surroundings. And then the entrapment that it's in becomes its tomb. Not because it's stronger than the bee, but because the bee will only look down and not up. Too often, saints of God walk in this same manner. They have this innate mindset that instantly looks at the negative of anything. Even walking with the Holy Ghost, the first thought is, well, there's problems. Without even considering the possibility of anything else. I mean, have you ever been around somebody that, that, that maybe is a little like that? I mean, the first thing they're going to do is find the, the, the negative. I mean, yeah, I... You talk to somebody just making casual conversation. Man, it's a beautiful day outside. And you're just thinking they're going to grab a hold of that and say, oh, yeah, thank God we finally got some sunshine. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I was talking to somebody and, hey, man, boy, it's beautiful weather. Who would have thought we'd have this nicer weather in November? Yeah, just wait. It's going to rain and you won't even know it. How many times have we come in contact with people like that? Their first thought is the negative. Their first thought is the ugly. Their first thought is, yeah, it might be beautiful outside, but it's going to rain. Sun's going to fade. The bumblebee, I don't mean to harp on this, but the bumblebee will never rise higher than its surroundings allow it because it allows its view of the surroundings to determine its ability. The bumblebee has allowed what it sees to determine how things can be when it has the ability to fly. Too many times we're, we're living, you know, what we hear the devil tell us. You're not going to make it. Okay, then I'm not even going to try. Hey, you're not going to be an overcomer. I knew it. I'm not going to make it. And we don't even allow the God of glory the opportunity to speak into our life. So we die just as the bumblebee does with a God-given ability to soar within us. Too often, again, we base what is possible by how we feel, by what we see, or what somebody else says. When God said, and I don't mean to repeat it, but I will make a way even when there is no way, if you'll just believe. I, I wasn't going. I wasn't going to say this, but uh, I seen a 
I've seen a bunch of buzzards the other day, and, and they just kind of weird me out. I'll be honest with you. They just, they're just creepy. And uh, it's probably just the fact that, that I know what they eat, and just, it's just nasty. But, you know, you can build a six-foot by eight-foot pen, and you can fence in all four sides, but leave the top open, put a buzzard in that pen, and the buzzard will be imprisoned there until death. The stupidest thing in the world. I mean, sure, sure, the buzzard at any time could fly out the top, but the buzzard, yeah, I mean, he could even climb up the side of the pen to freedom. But the buzzard is bound by his own habits. You see, the buzzard has a habit that it runs anywhere from 10 to 12 feet before it will even begin to attempt to fly. It runs a few feet before it even attempts to fly. And if you restrict the running space, the buzzard will never fly. But he could just take off and fly away. He has the ability within himself, but he's become bound by his own habits. Because of this, a small pin makes the buzzer just give up. And the buzzer, he doesn't see a way out, so he just resigns himself to live within his limitations and die. How many Saints of God are living beneath the promises and the privileges that God has. God has more for us than just eating, sleeping, and breathing and waiting. Well, one day he's going to take me home. No, he wants to give you, the Bible says, life and life more abundantly. But too often we just content ourselves as saints of God. I just can't wait till heaven. Well, honey, we're all looking for heaven. But you can enjoy Wednesday also. Well, you, you, you don't understand, Brother Meeks. God, God can't use me like that. I've just got too much water under the bridge. I mean, I... Yeah, I'm, I'm not able to do that. I'm not, a, I'm not a singer. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a musician. Yeah, I, I can't really talk to people. There's just no possible way. When God said, if you'll just believe, all things are possible. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, you know, if I've, if I've never made a mistake and everything's awesome and, and I live an awesomely overcoming perfect life, or maybe after I fasted and prayed for a hundred years, or maybe if I'm the preacher. Jesus simply said no qualifiers, no addendums, just believe. I close tonight with this. There's a bird that lives in warmer climates. And it's commonly called the lily trotter. Now, that's not its scientific name. I can't pronounce the scientific name, but it's known as a lily trotter. It's a truly beautiful bird. It walks 
from lily pad to lily pad, pecking for food in the shallow water. In fact, the lily trotter is capable of flight. In fact, maybe you knew this, but it was created to soar. The lily trotter can fly at heights of the eagle. It has the innate ability to fly as high as the eagle flies. But most lily trotters spend their entire life simply jumping from lily pad to lily pad. As a whole, they'll only use their wings to fly less than 20 feet or so from a one lily pad to another lily pad if need be. Now I began to wonder, why in the world would a bird that has that ability within itself content itself to dwell in the shallows and hop from lily pad to lily pad? Because it has this mindset and this belief that it's doing enough and it has enough. And it's learned to settle when it was meant to soar. As we stand tonight all across the house, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And verse 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. But then verse 3 says it like this, and, and I am closing. Let there be light, God said, and there was light. There was no form. It was void. Darkness was everywhere. But the Bible says, but the Spirit of the Lord was there. It hovered. And the only thing that needed to happen was for God to speak. Let there be light. And immediately, where it had never been, suddenly it was. What is possible tonight with each and every one of us? Are we too often caught up on the void or the darkness or the problem, or the struggle, or have we contented ourselves to just be the lily trotter? I was created to soar, but I'm okay to just settle. When all the while God is right there, all I got to do is say the word, release me, and I can make an impossible possible in your world. I believe that's what God wants us to understand tonight. Regardless of where you are, regardless of what is going on around you, God has the power to speak miracles and victories into your world. Why don't we lift our hands all across the house right now? Lord, I release your anointing to just move as only you can. Lord, you're the God of possible, and we speak miracles and blessings. Lord, help us to not settle 
when we are created to soar. We believe you for great things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you tonight. So thankful for the presence of God. So thankful for what God is doing. Amen.